and started going out with a former patient. Last Wednesday, she'd found a letter from Shanks at her hospital flat. It contained the engagement ring she'd returned to him and told her he was miserable and depressed. The following day, he'd called her in a pub in nearby Castleford, where she was having a drink with her new boyfriend, his son and his son's girlfriend. Over and over again, Shanks demanded that she tell him she no longer loved him. He called her a selfish cow and a bitch. Vicky eventually put the phone down on him and moved with the rest of her party to a neighbouring bar. When Shanks tracked her there, she agreed to speak to him, but he became abusive and bundled her through the doors and out into the street. A fire broke out. Shanks grappled with the new boyfriend and kicked him as he lay on the ground. The boyfriend's son held Shanks back while Vicky and the others went back to the first pub. At 9.50pm, they noticed him in the car park, and Vicky went out to speak to him. Moments later, she was seen running back, with Shanks in hot pursuit. She only got as far as the edge of the car park. The first burst of 7.62mm hit her six times in the chest, elbow, abdomen, and buttock. But she somehow found the strength to get to her feet. When she reached the pub doorway, a second burst took her down for good. The place was packed for the landlord's farewell. Everyone was watching videos of previous parties when the firing began. At first, they thought someone had laid on some firecrackers or was bursting balloons as some kind of surprise. Then a few rounds screamed through the room, splintering wood and smashing glasses and mirrors. It only lasted a few seconds, but no one dared move. When they got up, they saw the gunman walk casually to his car and drive off. Vicky was lying in a pool of blood. She couldn't talk. They tried to stem the flow with bar towels, and somebody got a quilt from upstairs to cover her until the ambulance arrived. She died two hours later, after emergency surgery in the hospital where she'd worked. Shanks bought half a pint of bitter at another local, phoned his ex-wife in Birmingham to tell her what he'd done, and headed there to see his nine-year-old daughter. He wanted to see her before the police caught up with him. Then he changed his mind and made for Scotland. He went to see his brother in Glasgow, maybe to get cash and gear before heading into the hills. He gave himself up the next day after a nationwide manhunt. He probably just couldn't decide on his costume, Nish said. Tommy Shanks was a legend, not just for his soldiering skills, but also for being a total anal retentive. He would spend hours working out what to wear for a night on the town. Most people just threw on a pair of jeans and a polo shirt. Not Tommy. It had to be a proper shirt, pressed so you could cut your fingers on the sleeves. Don't take it personally. Nish slapped me on the back. Your party ain't that bad. Frank gave him one of those despairing looks parents give their kids. He'd been the first through the skylight when the SAS had broken the Iranian embassy siege in 1980. He'd always been rock steady. If he was covering your back, you were in good hands. But now he was even more off his trolley than Nish. He'd become a vicar. One of his favourite sayings was, I just show them the door to the kingdom of heaven, and they can walk through it if they want to. I still hadn't opened it. I was pretty sure God would throw the bolts before I turned the handle. Cheer up, Frank.
I tugged at one of his sideburns. You'll burn in hell, McNabb. He gave me the same disapproving look he'd given Nish. His brow furrowed. Why? Why kill her? In all the years I'd known him, I'd rarely heard him raise his soft, geordie voice at anything or anyone, and now was no exception. What's that shit you always say? Nish grinned. Better to spend one day as a tiger than a thousand years as a sheep. Well, fuck it. Why not? Frank wasn't biting. I mean, here's a guy who's a hospital consultant one minute, and he drops a girl in a car park the next. What makes a man throw two lives away after all he's been through? Tommy was one of six brothers and two sisters, brought up in working-class Glasgow.